Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy. Crime. LGBT. Thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery with your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. Heard on FM Los 102.3 FM Riverside and 1050 AM Palm Springs. And we're back. Joining us, David Oman. And uh, for those of you who don't know who he is and uh, what a great story we have here, um, you're going to be real thrilled. Um, now, David, thank you for taking the time and doing this interview. Oh, it's my pleasure, please. Oh. I'm glad to be on. <laughs> okay, well, uh, Dave, let's start with, um, so now we've got a lot of people that don't know who you are and uh, what this is going to be about, other than the little ads they see. So let's start out with um, with you and kind of uh, how you got to doing what you were doing. Well, I've always been interested and fascinated by the paranormal but um, this was a little bit well beyond my wildest dreams. Um, I'd always wanted, as a child, to always see a haunted house, so much so that I would go to my parents' friends' houses, and upon arrival, the first time, I'd say, excuse me, is your house haunted? And my mother would take me aside and say, no, we don't say that when we go into people's homes, David. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, you know, I can't help but me be me, so of course I would do that. Um, but about, uh, let's see, this is about 16 years ago, my father gives me a call late November, early December on a Sunday morning and says, um, wakes me up at, 10, at 8 o'clock and says, I found a, found a lot. I want you to go up here and meet me. It's $40,000. And it's like, oh, that sounds pretty good. Where is it? It's in Beverly Hills. It's like, what, is it a vertical slope? <laughs> I said, you serious? Forty five So he says, no, it's $40,000 and... Um, it's a foreclosure, and it's a problem lot. And so he gives me the address, and he says, it's up on Cielo Drive. I think nothing of it. 
and I drive up here, and I ended up meeting him, and he ends up getting here after I get here, and I look at the end of the drive, and I said, oh, my God, that's where the Sharon Tate murders took place, and I pointed it out to him, and he just said, I don't care, because I'm here to look at this piece of property, so he looks at the property, and it's a whole side, and <clears throat> needless to say, he says, this is a non-buildable lot, but... Um, I have a feeling it's buildable, and there's something, you know, with the uh, CCNRs on the, basically upon the uh, reports that they've got on the, what do you call it, the um, building reports is all wrong. And sure enough, it turns out it was a mistaken, um, it was a mis, it was a mis, it was mistranslated from one piece of document to another, and therefore it was considered non-buildable. Um, we bought the lot, and we started building. During construction, I immediately knew that there was something hinky going on here. Um, and what I mean by hinky is, is it just had a weird feeling on the lot, on the hillside, when we actually put up the first, second, and third floors. So what I mean by that is, is I'm walking around the property, and I can feel, um, I can feel different, like somebody's like behind me. And I mean, it's the weirdest sensation, and since I've moved in, we've had other people that have survived the same exact um, experience um, and by that I mean it's just that sensation that there's somebody you know behind you and they're about to say something but they're not there mm. so th is this is this actually a lot that, like that was now, no no can you explain that I'm down the driveway from that you're down the driveway from it okay right so my house is literally four houses is the fourth house down from which Aaron Tate's house stood now is that is on the private driveway? Is Sharon Tate's house still up? No, they tore that down in 1992 to 1994. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they ended up building a 10,000 square foot monstrosity called Villa Bella, which was then sold and then expanded upon that, if you can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> and it's enormous. And it's a nice house, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. I can't say anything about the property presently, of course. Um, but what's interesting is, is I had Lisa Williams come here to my house. And Lisa, as you know, is a famous psychic. And this is about eight years ago, right after the Ghost Hunters show episode aired. And Lisa comes in and she says, oh, do you know you have a big party at your bar? And I looked at her. And this is now five years after I've moved in. And I said, um, I said, uh, I don't see anybody. And she goes, oh, well, Sharon's there, Jay's there, Rudolph Valentino's there, there's a bunch of other people there, there's some Native Americans. And I'm going, huh? And she says, they all want me to tell you that they really appreciate your allowing them to stay here and visit your house and, and basically cohabitat, cohabitat here. And I said, well... Far be it for me to sit there and tell them, especially Sharon and Jay and the rest of the victims, to have to leave and go elsewhere, considering the fact that I know what I know when I've seen the pictures at, at the, uh, <coughs> excuse me, at the crime at the uh, police station, because I wanted to do some research about the property and to do a book about the house, and was wondering if there's anything that they found here during the day of the murders, which unfortunately there wasn't. <coughs> But in so doing, I saw all the pictures, and I was pretty much saying, look, if they want to hang here, by all means, let them hang here. 
I'm not going to be a piece of work and say, no, I'm going to add insult to injury, and besides the fact that you've died this horrible death, you can't stay here at all. So he says, well, that's what I'm telling you. I really appreciate the fact that you're so welcoming and letting them stay. And I said, I said that's okay. I said, I feel I'm never alone. And she laughed, and she goes, that's what they like about you. You've got a charming sense of humor. She says, they're very, they love your parties, too. And I was like going, Okay. Now, this is a woman who's never been to my house. And this is my house from the TV show, Ghost Hunters. And that was it. There were no big things about YouTube. I wasn't doing all these videos, etc. down there. Um, but it's kind of an interesting fact that I was having parties, and, and they, she was describing things. Hmm. So... <laughs> Since that time, we've had lots of things. Like people have come in, like Chris Fleming um, from the Ghost Hunters has also come on his own. Uh, besides Lisa Williams, we had James Bond Prague with what's uh, his face with Larry King Live come over. Um, we've had Jackie Barrett from America's Psychic Challenge come in. I've spoken to uh, Marion Winkowski, the real life ghost whisperer, a number of times about my house. And um, it's just fascinating to get to meet these people and become friends with them and talk to them and have them come in and visit the house, etc. Yeah. It's just really um, a wild opportunity, to say the least. That I um, have, have the opportunity to do that because of my home. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and since living there, and before you before people started coming over, did did you notice anything yourself? Um, that I mean, was as far as the paranormal is concerned, I mean, I've always been fascinated by it. Right. You could say um, what I've seen is, is I've never seen any ghosts or anything like that. I have um, had a sixth sense about things. How should I say? Like, I've always felt like I've had a guide, and I've always been told I've got a very strong guide. Blah blah blah. And I've always had um, a certain sense of knowing things before they happened, and being able to like finally fine tune and think, oh. Oh, okay, I won't do that then. And then learning that because I didn't do something, I didn't get into a car accident because somebody else was involved in where I would have been. You know what I mean? Yeah. Things like that. So yeah. it's um, very strong and clear. And it's obviously gotten stronger and better since I've lived here at this house. Yeah. So I'm much okay. more conscious of it. Do you ever get any sort of negative feelings or, time? you know, the senses you pick up, are you ever getting it that that's a little bit, um, negative or scary or um, eerie of some sort? No, I've gotten forewarning of things going to happen. Um, premonitions coming through, um, information being told to me. Again, negative is, is a matter of like if somebody comes into the house and they don't like, the house doesn't like them, they'll be basically pushed out of the house. Have, you, act have, you, have you actually seen that happen or uh, been around? Yeah. Really? Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, I'll tell you a very, very famous one, and indeed it's that. Zach D. Spaggins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> old Zach. Really. Had to say that. Old, old Zach boy. Oh, I, I won't say that ever again. He had himself a hell of a time, literally, here. And so did the other boys. The three of them had a hell of a time here. Zach, Aaron, and Nick all had a, had a troubling time here. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that I told them in the, during the shoots, they, they were here for like four days, which is one of the longest shoots I've ever had in experience of any of the, the six shows. Because I'll tell you, audience, we've had the Ghost Hunters. I've had my ghost story. 
paranormal witness, haunted history, ghost adventures, and the ghost adventures after Strike Out. Plus a couple of shows in the UK, um, what was the Dead Famous Live, and a show for the same production company called Searching for Satan, mm-hmm. which aired June 6, 2006. So that's 6666. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, terrific, exactly. So that's when that aired. But um, the half, like I said, of all those shows, plus countless other TV and radio people, like you know, the local news has been out here a couple times, LA Times, but of all of those people that have been out here, Zach was the only one who got way, 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 way hit over the head. I mean, literally, they came out and they did a reenactment based on this girl who said that her name was Trey Fordham. And she said, Trey said she was out here and she was with some people. And I barely remember her. I then remembered her calling me up several years later and saying she wanted to come back to the house and then disappeared. Never heard from her again. Later to find out, that she'd driven up here with her mom, unbeknownst to me, and at the bottom of the driveway coming up, she says she saw a, uh, an apparition of a bloody Sharon Tate with the stomach pregnant, covered in blood. And I looked at the producers and I said, a chance in hell did that happen? I said, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I said, Sharon would not appear to this woman out of the blue since she doesn't have a connection to Sharon in any way, shape, or form. Furthermore, she wouldn't come back as the bloody, disgusting way she died. I said, that's just drama to old bull. Mm. And so, and of course, in the episode, she then says, you know, that a week later, she was in the uh, grocery store and she felt faint. She felt like her spirit was leaving her body, which I said, well, that's fine, honey, but that has nothing to do with your visit to my house. You know, you're a week later. Great. I'm glad you you felt that. Maybe that was some feeling from low blood sugar. I don't know. You know, but he then said famously on the show, um, "Oh yeah, the next day she thought she she he's telling it to Barry Taft, and he goes the next day she she says she was at the the grocery store and she felt sick. Another embellishment. I want to straighten thing out. By the way, he said my house sits on native." Ceremonial Native American ceremonial burial ground, which it does not. It's a side of a hill, so literally a 45 degree angle side of a slope of a hill. So the ghosts weren't, you know, coming up. I mean, people weren't coming up here and burying themselves. You know, they're dead on the side of the mountain. They had plenty of places otherwise to bury their dead. But the bottom line is, is that was what happened. So as a result, after they did this little reenactment with this girl, I took some photographs during said reenactment, and get a load of this. In the middle of one of the series of photographs, there's this eerie, crazy, brilliant light, light coming out of her stomach that shouldn't be there. And if you look at the series of photographs, and I'll send them to you, what, right in between, there's just this one image that's just got this brilliant light pouring right out of her stomach. And it shouldn't be there. Mm. So, you know, so the next night when they did the lockdown, I told them, I said, well, first, during this reenactment, I said, 
you guys are going to be really messed up tomorrow night. I said, I'm telling you, I'm getting all these daggers and steel knives sticking in my back and all over me. And I'm just feeling, I'm like, ooh, you really pissed them off. Literally, you've you really managed to really insult the, the memory. Of, and, it, da, 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 da. and I said, you know, I told the producer, Jeff Blanche, I said, you guys are going to get really messed up. And he scoffed at it. <laughs> he basically said, whatever. And I said, uh-huh. So the next night, they were supposed to start at 9 o'clock and go 9 to 3. And I told them verbatim, I said, you guys are going to get clapped on. I said, you watch it. And they thought I was kidding. So if you watch the beginning of my episode of Those Adventures, I go to the top of the stairs. And I looked and I said, you guys? I said, spirits? I said, I don't want you to miss any, hurt anybody. I said, you can't do that. I said, you promise not to hurt anybody. I said, no, you're, because I, I could feel their wrath. They were like, get them in here. Let's get them in. Like, like, like we're taking these, these beings, these people, these criminals to an execution chamber. They wanted to really go at them. It was crazy. I could feel this energy just like stirring in the house, and I haven't felt that. But I knew how to respect it. Because when I feel it, it's like going, ooh. They um, got, got into the house, and they started at 9 o'clock. Well, funny thing happened. Their equipment all died at 9 o'clock and had major problems. So they couldn't start the reenactment until 10 o'clock. And I was like, wow. And he goes, yeah, we're having problems with the equipment. I said, oh, yeah. I said, how interesting is that? I said, the first of many things you're going to have problems with, I have a feeling. And I said, I haven't felt it like this ever in my entire time of living here. <laughs> so they said, there's shoot. And I said, they said, get in the car. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll get the dogs in the car. I said, look, I'm a film producer. So you're not going to get me to sit in the car. And I said, okay, fine, you can get out of the car. So you can come out and hang out with us. And it's like, all right, fine. So I hung out with the photographers, and I was hanging out on the side of the house and stuff. And the first thing I hear is, is you know, one of the, you know, Zach comes up, and I said, I said, how you doing? And he goes, oh, your house is crazy. I said, one of the figurines just got knocked over because I couldn't go in the house, but I wasn't going to sit in the car with the dogs kind of thing, right? So I sat there, and I listened to them, and Zach's like saying, wow, he goes, you really live in this. And there was a lot of stuff, funny enough, that was shot, that happened, that did not make it into the show. Oh. And if you want to know what that is, it's an example. They, they were sitting there going, and they went downstairs, and they came upstairs, and Zach's roll upstairs. No one's in the house, supposedly. And Zach and I and everybody's upstairs, and we're just talking, chit-chat, chit-chat, chit-chat. And all of a sudden, the guy with a beard with the audio tech, goes and says, hey, he goes, Zach, get over here. And he puts the headphones on. And I kid you not, there's a voice of a dog, somebody going like, rough. Hmm. And I said, what's going on? He says, you won't believe this. I said, what? He goes, listen to this. So he plays it back to me. And I said, what's going on? There's no one downstairs. And the mic's at the bottom of the stairwell. And he says, we've got a sound of a, of a voice. And I said, yeah, let me hear it. He goes, rough. I listened to the thing. That's what I heard. He says, he's down there playing this crap, playing the dog. He goes, no one. And then he plays me back another thing where we got the sound of footsteps going across. It sounds like plastic rustling over something. And I said, well, yeah. And he says, what do you mean, yeah? I said, well, you see, I've got cats. And my cats have a bad, bad, bad habit. And he says, what's that? He goes, 
they like to pee on the door that's down there now at the third level. So if they ever get out, I said, I'm going to put a plastic barrier, a vapor barrier, underneath the, the actual carpet between the carpet and the padding. That way, if they do, the liquid can't penetrate and become and get into the sponge-like material that is the padding, and I can basically use a... Um, a steam vac to basically absorb and pull it all out, and it won't really make a stain smell. Because that's a great idea. And he said, plus, when you walk across this eight-foot section of path of carpet, you end up hearing the sound of footsteps going against the plastic underneath. And he goes, oh, he goes, yeah, but it's amazing. I said, yeah. I said, because you hear anybody that walks in that area makes sounds of the footsteps. So he goes, well, there's no one down there, and we've got the sound coming right in the microphone that's six feet up on the boom pole, and you can hear the sound of footsteps through that whole corridor there going into the theater room from the landing. I said, yeah, that's where the plastic is. He goes, and there's no one down there. So they started then going back and doing their investigation, and Zach comes upstairs and literally falls on the ground in front of my face at, in the street, right in front of my house. And I'm like, you okay? And he's like, there's no cameras around, right? Because nobody's just following this crowd. And he comes <laughs> up and he just, just falls down. I said, Zach, you okay? And then the producers come up and say, Zach, you okay? And I look at him first and his like, eyes are like squirrely. I said, is he okay? And he goes, he goes, I don't know. I said, oh yeah. I said, you got hit. You got it. They're getting there. And meantime, I'm hearing that later on, and this is in a shortest amount of time, you don't understand, this ended at 1 o'clock in the morning. It started at 10 and ended at 1.10 in the morning. They were already out of here. Oh. I looked at my watch. I was like, oh, my God. He goes, you've got enough footage. But in that duration of three and a half, three hours and ten minutes, this is the kind of stuff that happened. So he goes down, and I'm like upstairs, and they sent one of the boys down to go down. Nick goes down by himself to the third level. And he's down there, and he's looking around, and all of a sudden, he's feeling like there's something bothering him. And I mean, like, really bothering him. <laughs> and he's, like, just in the threshold from the, from the theater room into the gosh and guest bedroom. And all of a sudden, we're watching, we're watching the, the infrared on the video, and you can see these two orbs going into his skull from the ceiling. And yes, they might be dust, but isn't it interesting that there's two freaking balls of energy that are floating <laughs> yeah. from, one, from, from nowhere and then right into his head, both on the same trajectory and stopping into his head. So it's like, okay, well, got a problem with that, I do. So the next thing is he feels all like, like he all of a sudden reacts to something hitting him and he can't see because he's in the dark. And he throws his camera down and throws a hissy fit and the pole nine yards hits up and meantime, Zach and, Zach and Aaron are upstairs watching this and I'm watching their reactions in the van while this is happening and the cameras are on them, and they're cracking the, the hell up. And I'm like, you two pieces of work are sitting there laughing while your friend is down there getting nailed. I just said, and it's really because you're doing, because he's an associate of yours, not because he did something, but because he's associated with the production with you guys, because, this, you know what I'm saying? I said, that's like, that's really horrendous that you guys wouldn't go down there and try to get his ass out. No, nope. yeah. finally they decide they're going to go down there and, oh, they're going to go get him out. And finally they, like, they finally, like, get him back out. And I was like, you are such a worthless piece of yes. junk. 
how dare you sit there and abandon him? And he's, this is going on. Forget what's on the camera. I'm watching this go on live in front of me. I'm going, I'd be down there in two seconds and grab him to get him out. I say, do you want me to go? He said, no, David, you can't go down there. You can't, you can't. He's got to deal with this. And it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I live here. So it's like, yeah. me, I stand up to the stuff, but they also say to me, you disrespect us, you get spanked. Yeah. That's it. And I said, hey, you know something? You've got your rights. You've got your rights to feel the way you do. And I certainly, far be it for me to be, an, you know, an a-hole to say, you know something? You don't have the rights to enforce those kind of re- redeeming qualities on the house. And it's like, you know something? You're right. This shouldn't happen. Yeah. Why wouldn't they go down and help him? Dramatic repurposes. Yeah. It was just to be like, they were laughing. It was all done for television, but as far as the, the humor, they would have gone, again, again, it's not even for, for television purposes. That's who he is. Yeah, yeah. You know, he didn't feel compelled that he had to go basically down there to take care of him. I was like, why not? You certainly should. You, you, you rest your buddy. You don't let him sit there and deal with it. He was having a tough time with it, you know. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, you know, it's like no man left behind. Right, yeah. It's like, what the hell? And it's an immediate response in my thing. Somebody's feeling something, and I can override that. I'm not going to let them suffer yeah, needlessly yeah. and pointlessly. And to me, it was, it was completely, really obnoxious, because I was watching thinking, you're not going to go down there and get him? Come on, get off your ass. And I said, and I said to him, because I'm watching this, I said, you want me to go down there and get him? You want me to help him? He said, no, 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 you can't, you can't. You're in your car, you remember? It's like, yeah, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. I'm the homeowner going, going you know, I'm compassionate, and I'm very concerned about his well-being because I don't know what it is, but I know one thing for sure. They, I'll put myself in his shoes in a heartbeat because I'm the one who's basically asking for them to be here. It's not fair for me not to be, put myself in their shoes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I want to protect somebody from something that, that's afflicting him in my home that's making him feel very, very, you know, unsettled, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. But yeah. needless to say, that's what happened. And um, I was, pretty, you know, pretty ticked off. So then they come back upstairs, go back downstairs, and they get them, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, the whole thing plays out, and I'm like, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, what's next? Next thing you know is one of them comes upstairs. I forgot who it was. I think, again, it was Nick or Aaron, and he's got a burn on his, he says, ow, and he comes up. I don't even hear it, but I hear him coming upstairs, and he pulls his T-shirt up, and he's got a burn mark right in the middle of his stomach. Now, again, I don't, I've never had that happen, but again, people that very, very disrespectfully treat energies and spirits are just as, as how should you say, are just as susceptible to have somebody physically smack you because you're, you're, you're insulting them. It doesn't matter if you're alive or you're dead, you're still insulting somebody, and the energy of the insult and disrespecting them, I'm getting, is what really is, is all about. And that's why I think they got physically, you know, pulverized. As well as the fact that Aaron, I do believe, told me, I do believe he mentioned that he likes to um, request spirits upon himself, that they can habitat and habitate inside of him. Okay. 
and <laughs> and that's the ultimate disrespect when you think yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. And when you do that, you're asking for spirits to enter upon your body and to you know take your body upon you, themselves to live in you. That's a pretty low point in self-esteem, let us just say. Yeah. And it was actually that was actually accused by Zach of me that I had that I had, <laughs> that I share my body with with, with spirits. With many spirits, and that's what's going on here. That sometimes people who are possessed don't know it. Blah blah blah, and I'm a perfect example of that. Living in this house, the spirits are actually possessed. I'm possessed, and I was pretty furious when I read that that little point in his book, I Am Haunted. Which <laughs> no, this is not a plug for that book. I've got three and a half pages in a in a uh, chapter there about me, but no, I am pretty let us say, I'm upset about that because he said a bunch of other things. I'm a poltergeist agent. I mean, things that are, that are his opinion but are complete <laughs> blasphemy in my, in my personal opinion. I think it's complete bunk and bull, yeah. to be yeah. honest with you. That, <laughs> I'm a poltergeist agent. Oh, yes, maybe I represent <laughs> John Belushi, Keith Moon, Jim Morrison, Kurt Cobain, a few of the other famous uh, dead celebrity rock and rollers that were, you know, bad boys, <laughs> alive now that they're dead they're still bad boys yeah you know von scott of acdc i mean it's just it's preposterous what he says but that's what he says about me um in any event yeah uh well so the house like i said has got had really messed them up so when he comes upstairs he's got three scratch he's got one big scratch in his stomach and it's like what the it's like, well, you know, if you ask spirits to inhabit your body and you come to a place like mine where the electromagnetic field levels are around 6,000 plus positive and some parts 6,000 milligauss negative. Mm-hmm. And normal, as you know, is between three and 500 milligauss positive. That's how crazy the electromagnetic readings are at this house. Yeah, yeah. Did so, and this was, this was documented by Barry Taft some eight years ago when he was here. Yeah. And with, so was that kind of the only people that kind of got to, uh, had a bad experience uh, going, through, <laughs> going through the house, yeah. you might say? Yeah. yeah. I would figure so, because I think we all sort of think about the same about them, too. Um, yeah, and I mean, I've had things like Chris Fleming's been here a couple times and done some EVP sessions. And one instance, and I think this is very, very um, indicative of how spirits work, they had met him before. He's been here three or four times, and um, the resident spirits, you know, how should we say, made some commentary about him. Let's just say they weren't exactly appreciative of, some, of him personally. So in one case, there was an EVP session where one spirit in particular it took, took it out to say, F you die and leave this house. <laughs> and one woman during the session that heard this said, replied, oh my God, there's a demon in this house. And I said, oh no, 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 that's a demon. I said, no, they just personally don't like Chris. And I said, let me put it to you this way. If you overheard me say that to Chris, would you call me a demon? I said, no. I said, well, I would call you an eavesdropper. That's what I would do. I said, I la- she laughed. And I said, but the point is, is that the spirits... Uh, is a person's personality, and if they don't like Chris, they're going to say it. And that's what you got there, is a personality of someone who said, I don't like you, get the, you know, and that's what they're saying it for. That's who the source is. Don't, don't take it on 
that everybody is saying the same thing to everybody. It's not about everybody. It's about Chris. Yeah. And specifically, Chris said, that's what that's about. And she was like, oh. And I said, exactly. Now you understand? She goes, yes. I said, if the person asking the question, is the person who's going to get an answer. Unless otherwise where it says something personally about someone else, and, it's being, and the answering is being done by the, by the person who's asking it, it could be like, is anybody here, like, who do you want to speak to? And it says, says and such, says and such. It's like, oh, this is about you, directed to you, and from this person who's now speaking. Wow. So what, what, was, what was the inspiration for doing the movie? The inspiration for doing the movie was actually, I guess I can say this 11 years later, um, was when I was walking down the street, I was literally about, maybe about 50 feet from my front door. And I'm down the driveway, and in front of this big, big, big oak tree, or whatever kind of tree, sycamore probably. And I'm looking around, and I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to do? <coughs> and I see in my mind's eye, literally pop up, uh, a vignette. And the vignette is of me driving up in a 1965 convertible Mustang, driving up the driveway. And as I'm passing the second house, I turn to my left and I see this girl catches my eye. She's striking, beautiful blonde-haired girl. Um, Sharon Tate incarnation, let us just say, to cut to the chase. Dressed in this 1960s attire with a red bandana, you know, scarf around her, her, her forehead. And she's just beautiful. And I didn't recognize her as that. I just, at the time, in the movie, I just, at the scene, I just saw her as this beautiful blonde. It's like, oh, my God. So my head turns to the left as I'm driving up the driveway. And it's like, oh, wow. And it's like, I just immediately, instinctively, like, oh, Jesus. Like, you're just trying to turn to the left and go down over the hillside. Well, straighten your wheel out. So I do this, and I jerk the car back, and it comes back, and I'm driving back up the driveway. And the next thing I know is this, the camera then cuts, the, the shot cuts to the side view. And it's just like the camera pans across my face as I'm doing this, like jerking back, jerking, turning the car back and straightening it out before I go down the side of the hill. And I see it pans across my face and up and into the rearview mirror. And in the rearview mirror, there's nothing there. And it was like a little mini, like a 10-second like movie. I was like, whoa, what the hell was that? And I kid you not, I heard a voice say, it's Sharon, I want you to write this down. And I'm like, who is Sharon? I said, Sharon isn't Sharon, Sharon down the street, Sharon, Sharon, Sharon. And it was just like, okay, all right. I think I've learned that when I hear a voice is in my head, I see something, I like, all right, don't, don't question, don't, don't, don't question. When you question, you have, you have complications and problems. And this goes back, and if you want me to give you the, the little quick synopsis of that, I'll give you a quick one on that. 16 years old, lost my virginity, had this girlfriend, whatever. She lived down in the flats, and I lived, my parents lived up in the hills, not too far from here. And my friend who lived down there was going to go home with his girlfriend, and I said, look, why don't you take Sally, you know, Sarah home? And he goes, all right, no problem. And Glenn said, I'll take her, and I sweat. And Sarah goes, no, you take me home. It's like, Sarah, please. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I've got a headache. Don't. And the spirit's voice said, "Don't take her home. Let Gwen take her home. If you take her home, bad things are gonna happen." So she twisted my arm. She makes me take her home. I take her home. Got her home safe. On the drive back, I heard a noise coming from down on the radio. 
so I'm driving up Rexford Drive, just north of Santa Monica Boulevard, and I look down for a split second, and my 1974 Mustang 2 Ghia, bronze-colored car, ends up, I look down for a split second, it has a bad toe in on the car, so it basically veered to the right and right into a lamppost at about 25 miles an hour. I totaled the car. As a result of not listening to my, my guides, and this is one of many, 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 many incidents that I've had in my lifetime where I said, not going to listen, not going to do it, I don't know, and bam, end up having a problem of some sort or another. It's like, you know, after a while you say, you know, I'll listen. I will listen if it, because if it, it'll protect me from my own goodness and my own self. It's just something there trying to protect me from something that's not my response, to, you know, that I can avoid. Yeah. So I go back in the house and I write this little vignette down. This continues without a voice saying anything, but the vignettes, all these different vignettes start popping in my head over a three-month period. And I've got a whole, how should you say, a whole bunch of little, little paragraphs, little like three-sentence paragraphs of scenes I see in my, my head. And it's like, I know immediately, got to go back and write it down. And I put them all down in a legal pad. So I got my friend Jim Vines, who's a writer, and he's a film writer. And I said, Jim, you got to come over here. I'd known him all the way back to high school. And I said, you gotta got to take a look at this. And he looks at this, and he says, you know what you've got? I said, no, what? He goes, you've got scenes that you need to put in order for a film. And it's like you need some other scenes, but basically it's the layout of the story of a film. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah. So we literally took all of these little vignettes, and we cut them up into basically a piece of pieces, you know, each paragraph in the pieces, and we basically put them together in different orders and put connecting scenes, whatever that you need, sorry, transition scenes that you need, and came up with some great ideas of some stuff that we incorporated from my, from my own personal experiences here in the house of things that had happened to Dr. Taft and other people as well as myself, and we incorporated that into the film as well. So it became a part fact, part fantasy type of a film. And that's what we came up with for the film, House at the End of the Drive. Hmm. And I changed the names. I changed the names of, of Sharon Tate and everybody else because I thought it was going to be more, bringing more attention back to Manson as a result. And I didn't want to do that. Secondly, if I did that, not only the legal aspect, but I'm basically stuck in a one-trick pony. And then I'm dealt with dealing with Helter Skelter. And the best way to disempower a lot of that is to do a movie that is changed the names and you basically parallel the victims with a few little minor modifications that I went through for literary license. But we changed a few of the little circumstances because I wasn't going to do the Sharon Tate murders. But what I did was is I, I also was able to then be able to create a story that disempowered Manson because my murderer who is at one male is actually there he's the Manson character with three girls but his motive is totally totally devoid of what Manson's was and mm. it's totally different different motiva motivation plus I can do a sequel and prequel and a remake with my story and I'm not beholden to anybody that, that's going to say it's not the same as the Manson but of course it's not it's, 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 it's a homage to Sharon and Jay and let's see, Sharon, Jay, Abigail, and Roman, because I put Roman there, and I took Stephen Parent out of the picture. I took uh, Wojciech Bykowski out of the picture, 
and um, I didn't make my 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 actress up and coming actress pregnant either. Mm. But it's still those the other characters. Sharon's there, which uh, Abigail's there, and Jay Sebring is there. So you have three of the five victims there in representation in the movie, very clearly as such. Right. And so, so so obviously it's influenced by your life living in the house. Yeah. And and and. What's it like living in the house for you on a day-to-day basis? Is, is there anything, um, I, how do I say it? Is there anything different? You're asking, let, me, let, me, let, me, <laughs> let me put it this way. You're asking a guy who's always wanted to build a house with his father and, and, and who's been a builder since all since I can remember. He built the house I was born and raised in. Yeah. And, and so to me, that, that house which I lived in for the better part of my youth, which I loved to death, um, we rebuilt here on this property. So, like I said, some NFL football players who visited the house, and we had some ghostly activity happen. They said, well, you know, if, if us and the brothers were here and this all went down, you know, we'd be out of here in two seconds. And it's like, look, I spent three years of my blood, sweat, and tears of my life with my mother, my father, and a little help from my sister designing and building this house. And, I mean, I was hands-on with my dad on this house because yeah. we really built it. And I said, I don't give a rat's ass if that the devil himself walked in here. I'd kick his ass to the ground and say, get the hell out of my house. You're yeah. not touching my legacy, and that's it. You can't lay claim to it, and that's the, some of the, you know, <laughs> facts of life. So they laughed, and they said, well, yeah, if it was us, we'd still get out, even if that was the case. And it's like, no, my mother's dead. My father's now dead. At the time, he wasn't. I said, I'm not leaving this place for anything, for hell and high water, no way. Yeah. I said, I love it too much. And I said, and I've always wanted to have a house that was haunted. I yeah. said, so I'm really not upset about it being haunted. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I have no problems. And to be honest, it's not haunted as much as it's a portal. And it happened to be, as a lot of people have called it, as, as one person called it, it's a ghost flop house. So the ghosts come in and they relax and they chill and they enjoy the environment and they basically scoot on and some stay for a long time. But to me, I... Um, I you know, the sounds in the middle of the night, and I'm a, I'm a night owl, so I'm working sometimes at like 1, 2, 3, 4 in the morning, and I hear sounds, and I said, okay, or I see stuff, and it's like, okay, I saw that, and I said, you guys, you know, don't think I'm, I'm blind, so I said, I appreciate that, and I really compliment them when they do something really, really strong and really direct, and what I mean by strong and direct would be, about four or five months ago, I'm in my bathroom, and I'm taking my tennis shoes off, and I realize they're scuffed up with a little, you know, little dirt and a little mud, and, you know, so I take the rag, and I turn the water on in the sink, and I, in the master bedroom, and I go sit down, and I turn it off, and I go off to the edge of the uh, bathtub, and I start cleaning my shoe off, and all of a sudden, I'm, like, stepping away, and I hear the sound of water running, and it's, like, out of the blue, and I hear dead silence. And all of a sudden, you hear the water running, and I'm going, what the hell? And I look up, and what do you know? The sink's on both hot and cold, full bore. And I go, oh, that is so cool. That is so, so cool. I said, I said you guys, I said, oh. <laughs> I said, that is the greatest. I said, I love that. I said, you guys, I said, I was really like, oh, just so happy. And I said, I appreciate that so very much. I said, that is a great one. I said, now that you've done it for my friend Adam, You've done it for me. I said, I love it. I said, I really appreciate that. I said, but on a serious note, you do know California is in the middle of a terrible drought. So as much as I appreciate you doing that, and right in front of me, of course, 
which I really appreciate. I'm going to turn off the, the faucet and said, but we can't do that ever again, really. I said, I- Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Love it, but you can't do that. And I said, so if you want to do something more impressive, as impressive as that, please go, go right ahead and do it. I said, I just want you to know I really appreciate that. That is so cool. And that's how I treat it. Yeah. So for the I most part, it. for the most part, you're pretty comfortable, pretty happy. Yeah, because you got to remember. I mean, I treat it like this is. I gave them an, a place to to hang out and chill before there was this. As I told them, one famous incident that took place when I got an electric bill that was three and a half times the normal amount. I basically <laughs> hit 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 the bricks and I said, yeah. "That's it. This is not going to take place in my house. You're not going to force me up with a financial burden of this." So I went to the second floor and went down the hallway to the, uh, the, the I guess, where the laundry room is, where there's a cinder block wall, and I took out the bill, and I said, in my hands, in my right hand, I've got this DWP electric bill. It's three and a half times the amount of normal. It's 700 bucks. I said, I cannot and will not tolerate such. I said, I can't afford this. I said, last I checked, I'm the only one here who's got pockets, and in that pocket is a wallet, and in that wallet is cash, and you're trying to bleed me drive cash? I said, since you guys don't have pants, and since you don't have pockets, and in those pockets that you don't have, you don't have a wallet with the cash, I have to be paying for this. So we're going to get this straight. We're going to come to an arrangement, and if you do not oblige, I will find the world's greatest psychics, exorcists, and, and demonologists, who the hell else is out there. I'll find them, and I'll get you guys banished out of this house. I said, we will not do that again. I said, you have to tell me that. We won't do that. I promise. I said, I will, I will not accept that. 
And I said to lay down the ground rules of what they could and they could not do. And I said that you can manifest. You just can't manifest right behind me and scare the crap out of me. That's not acceptable. I said you can manifest like Jay did, which was perfect. He looked terrific. I said, I love that suit, Jay. I'll never forget. And I said, you know, he wasn't all bloodied up. And that's what I'd heard, that when you come back, you come back as your finest personage as you were when you were alive. And that makes sense. But why would Sharon come down the end of the driveway to this woman, bloodied up, looking like a disgusting mess, like she died? It's like, doesn't make sense. Sounds like a Hollywood movie to me. Yeah. That's why when I said to her that, I said she's lying through her teeth or she's seeing something in her mind that she's creating, but it's not really there. Yeah. Big difference between seeing an apparition like I did 11 years ago. He was right there in front of me, and what it turned out he was pointing to was the... Excuse me, the property next door that was under now under construction some nine years later. And it was a huge construction. So he was still warning me. So I don't, you know, yeah. I found that, you know, the whole, I should say, disrespectful, disingenuous reenactment, yeah. just Hollywood drama. And unfortunately, you know, that's. That's sad, but it's not true, and I don't yeah. believe it. Again, I said I don't believe it. Whether or not it, she says it happened, fine. I don't. I don't believe it happened. That's right. my opinion, personally. Oh, yeah. My yeah. opinion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so, so you say you think it's a portal. So, so people just come and and visit some short, some longer times. Um, is there any particular ghosts or spirit that have come across that you've? Uh, recognize that had nothing to do with the whole Manson and... Yes, that yes, as a matter of fact, yes, there's a few that I can highlight. Um, one of them is a Native American who Lisa Williams famously claimed to me that she said she saw him in the third, in the third level earthen wall room, which is famous because Lisa came in there and she goes, oh, do you know there's... There's a, there's a Native American up in the corner there, and he's on horseback, and he says that his remains are interred on this earth here. I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, the story, the story he's relating to me is that what you have now is the driveway was a horse path, and that horse path is where he was walking to the end of the, the driveway, which was a plateau, which was ceremonial grounds to the Native Americans. I said, burial? And she goes, no, it was just ceremonial. It was a plateau at the top at the end of the driveway to look down on the canyon, but it had high energy. And it's like, oh, that's interesting because a lot of my friends that were gifted and the psychics that had come over and then before her had always, when they walked on that property, when the gates were open some 13 years ago, said to me, oh my, because there's lots of Native American energy I'm feeling here. And I'm thinking, Native American energy, yeah, really? Come on, we're in the center of, you know, the hills of Beverly Hills. Come on, I can't believe that. And that was kind of stupid of me to be so so naive, because, in fact, there was a a Native American tribe that was up in this area called the Tongva tribe, and they lived up in this area pre-1890s, you know, 1900s, before they were moved to their... their, um, reservations out in San Gabriel and the San Gabriel Valley. So it was like, wow. So she said this to me, and she goes, he was, his, his body is basically hidden in the horses, basically tripped on the hillside, I mean on the path, fell down the hillside, and inside doing the horse broke its neck and died, and also inside doing crushed him, and he died. 
and the remains were left on the side of the hill and never seen and basically covered by the earth and the mudslides through the years. I was like, oh, fascinating. So I would bring different psychics in here, and damn it to hell if you won't believe it, Chris Fleming comes up with the same thing, James Bond Prague comes up with the same thing, Jackie Barrett comes in and comes up with the same thing, and Lisa Williams, is, from what I understand, wasn't sitting there telling people about her experience here at the house, or so I believe. So each one of these people is coming up with their own story about the same thing from what they understood as being there, and I'm like, oh my dear God. And others as well said the same thing. So it was like, how crazy is that? And the next thing I know is I tell Zach Baggins, and he turns it around and says, it's Native Ceremonial Indian Burial Grounds. And I said, no, it's not Native American Ceremonial Indian Burial Grounds. I said, one guy was died on the hillside, and he, he was buried where he died, just like they, you know, <laughs> when you're in the wilderness, where you die is where you die. That's <laughs> it. And his, his bones recovered through the years with the mudslide, and... It's like, I, 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 what am I supposed to say about this? You know, the guy <laughs> embellishes things to the extent that it's like, you know, you can lie and make yeah. people look bad, but if you do so, you're the one who's the one who should look bad, not me. Yeah. And apparently he went on a tirade about me being this, that, and the other thing on his face, on you was it his um, Twitter account, and then he wrote a book called I'm Haunted, and it slandered me left, right, and center. Yeah. about me and my house and said I'm possessed and I'm difficult to work with and it was like gee Zach is there something that you're afraid of by me because I've lived here for 13 years and last count you spent less than three hours of a six hour lockdown in my house and you left and literally were sick for three days after they left the house I forgot to mention yeah. they were yeah. ill in the, in, the, in the bed in their beds for three days after they left this house all three of them yeah. apparently yeah. got sick so as I said all of the spirits that collectively were attached to them both physically and just emotionally they hit this environment they got slam dunked because they also they all basically took their wrath out on them and said hey you know something ah, I'm at the beach and I got some muscles here at the beach because the sun's pouring down on me and I'm near the ocean and I feel rejuvenated and Guess what? I can do things to you. And they basically gave him, what, four, five, and six. <laughs> and that's what happened. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but true. That's what, you know. So, like I said, I don't fear the spirits. I you know, have a mutual respect for them. And no, I don't personally believe that we can, you know, force them into the light from what I've seen. They're energy. And mm -hmm. if they want to do something, they do it. If, there's a, if they're here, and it's beyond our failed manipulative powers to let them go and say, hey, we don't know where we're trying to send you, but we're going to tell you where to go. And I say to people that are very gifted, if you like, please, if you want to speak to spirits and tell them to go into the light, could you please get this, the, the clouds and the sky to bring over California and rain here, something fierce? Because just like ghosts, the, the weather is energy. It's the same thing. It's all interconnected. That's what I'm saying to you. Energy is energy. It's not limited. We can't really control energy. You can't rationalize with energy. It's, it's on its own path and plane of existence. The difference is you can see clouds. You can feel them. And just like spirits, you can feel them when they want to be felt. 
but sometimes even up here, we've had it where we were here a couple months ago doing an investigation, and we went outside, and it was, I hate to say the words, dead quiet, but it was eerily dead silent. <laughs> not a cricket, not a bird, not a chirp, not anything, not even the wind blowing. It was just quiet, and it was just like a vacuum. We were all outside talking about, wow, isn't it interesting? This, it's just like silent. Just quiet. It's just eerily dead. Not a peep, and not a not even a movement of air. It was so weird. It was just like crazy. But that's what I'm saying to you. It's that type of a thing. It's it's innocuous to us. So people say, I can tell spirits are going to the light. It's like, yeah. Mm. Well, you can suggest it, but <laughs> you can suggest it, but again, it's free will, and that's what I've seen here at the house. You know, Lisa, I said, can you you know can you get them into the light? And she goes, no. She goes. Famously enough, I'll read you what her quote was about here in the house in May, right from the a newspaper article called the Daily, Sunday, Sunday Daily Express in the UK. And this is from, the article was called Legacy of Manson's Evil. And it's dated da, 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 August 9th, 2009. Tom Shush. And it was, uh, let's see, I'll be uh, Lisa remembers, right, Lisa, LA-based British psychic Lisa Williams, who regularly presents a television show on Life Beyond the Grave, has visited the house and confirmed Sharon's presence, Sharon Tate's presence. Quote, Sharon was definitely there. She feels safe there, quote, unquote. She claims one room, uh, let's see, Lisa remembers, uh, Lisa also explains why she thinks the actress's spirit is in David Oman's house and not her own home just up the street, quote, a spirit will go where it's comfortable. If the, if, the house she, if the house she was in has the wrong person in it, the spirit will pull away from the area. Well, her house is gone anyways, but she, was, she may also have had a friend who lived on this property where David's house now stands, unquote, which there is, was never a house here. It was always just the hillside, and I have pictures to prove it from way back then in 1969. Um, Lisa believes there's a strange relationship between the homeowner and his guest. She asks the spirit why she stays in the house and refuses to cross over. Quote, she kept saying she liked this house. She likes being around David. Sharon was very angry, was very angry and wanted her story told, unquote. So there you go. That's according to Lisa Williams and why it is that Sharon's here. And to me, I feel very, have a very symbiotic compassionate relationship with them and appreciate the gift that she gave me in the form of the uh, vignettes that I created the film, you know, House of the End of the Drive with. Um, you know, I just feel fortunate and really blessed by the fact that I live in a place that's got so much activity and I'm able to afford the opportunity both to the living and the dead to um, come here and stay here and hang out here. And to visit. That's for the livings to visit, not to hang out here and stay here by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> Trust me. I might have 10,000 ghosts, and I'm not kidding you from what I've been told. Yeah. However, I don't, I don't have to see them and, and be crowded like a sardine can, and, and that's when I have had like five people here and it gets crowded. So, yeah. Yeah. that are the living, that is, the five living, you know, because they bring their own stuff to them in the baggage. So the living, as I've said, 
is far worse than the baggage of the dead. Yeah. In okay. other words, you have more to fear from the living <laughs> than you do the dead. Oh, yeah. Well, that's so true. That's, that's how I look at it. Bringing Rudolph Valentino with all of his problems from 100 years ago, they had no big deal. Bring him on. You know, the Native Americans and Rudolph seem to get along just fine from what Lisa said, so. Yeah, yeah. So, do you ever fear of anything really bad coming in to the house one no. day? No. No. I've, I've heard of that whole thing. Oh, there's demons. It's like, you know, yeah. that's more religiosity. Yeah. I don't care what I, I've seen spiritually speaking. It, 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 First of all, the house has got a very, very high high energy level where there's a certain, um, let us say, uh, gradient that they can't cross. That if you're evil, etc., bad and malicious, you can't hang here. They just don't. They don't get a chance to reside here. I don't know what it is. Maybe there's a council or a, <laughs> maybe there's like a ghost town or a, yeah. a ghost town but I'll tell you the truth. I mean, I've had people here that will make your skin crawl on a physical level that that have under their belts lots of, um, how should you say, crimes and murders. Yeah. And I mean, I know for a fact that I did because on one night, um, somebody who was working in the in the record industry brought over a group of, let's just say, um, people that are... Uh, not really high, high con- considered. Well, let's just not say anything about yeah. them. Let's just say they were <clears throat> they were of another a group uh, of a group of gentlemen that um, let's just say thirty one people that were just. Um, well, let's just not say it. But they were here as up this is like five six years ago, and they were um, representing themselves as uh, record producers to see the movie. Well, their uh, <laughs> let's say their hobbies included things that we wouldn't want to discuss. Yeah. But let's just, let's, let's just say one of them is definitely it involves um, people and people that aren't alive anymore. But that's just rumor has it. But in any event, so so they were basically here, and they, they felt stuff and stuff, and I said, look, it's not up to me. It's the spirits do what they want. So if you, you know, I'm not God, I'm not a judge, I'm not the jury. I'm just telling you, I'm just here as a person. I can read you guys, and you guys are fine by my standards. You know, you're not harming me, and I'm letting you hang here, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with it. But the, the point is, is that you know most people consider these guys dangerous. Yeah. Really dangerous. I mean, really dangerous. And I'm not just saying that to make it like like drama. I'm saying no, these guys are definitely you know dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to cross them. And I didn't. Yeah. And they were here. And they were here for several, several, several hours. They saw the movie. So that's what I'm saying to you. Hmm. I've, they didn't, again, if, if I can have them here, I should be more afraid of them than I am of a demon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. Because a demon is, a demon in my estimation is just somebody who's got a malicious, bad attitude that was alive, his personality is pretty much vicious, and a piece of work, and for the most part, you know, you're not going to want to hear this, I think, for the most part, those types of energies don't get to stay. Hitler's, Hitler's soul is not on this earth. Right. John Wayne Gacy's energy is not on this earth. He's, I, I have a funny thing, he is some, in some place that is probably roasting, and I don't mean hell, I just mean a place that is just very uncomfortable, because that kind of energy, 
almost seems like the universe has a way of like saying the yin and the yang. And unfortunately, there is a place I have a feeling that if you are that vicious and 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 just ugh, just that like the kid who killed the, his school teacher a couple of days ago that we heard about the, the, the 14 year old kid that they're not going to trust so we try him as an adult who slit his teacher's throat he was in Yahoo I was reading that today oh, on the news yeah you know out in the east coast it was like you know there's a place special place for people like that in the, in the universe and it's not a pleasant one yeah and yeah. I just I just feel like they don't come back it's like people oh they're, 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 they're demons they're, they're. no no that type of stuff doesn't get recycled it gets put away in a place like toxic waste is what I think yeah. that energy yeah. and I don't think it comes out and I think unfortunately we want to make that statement that it comes out and use it as an excuse or something I think that's something that we harbor it's, it's more a reflection of the person who is the one that's feeling it like Elaine Warren I have I mean her and I, 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 I was once a big fan of theirs, and then once I started hearing stories and watching them, I started saying, you know something? I don't know. I just, I'm just, I'm just not impressed anymore. And I just, you know, I just, I just, I'm not interested in a lot of these people, because a lot of people are like what Houdini was up against when he was um, practicing. He was basically trying to get rid of the spiritualists, because he saw it as a profit and gain business. In yeah. a lot of regards, I think it's turned into that. Oh, yeah. From, from, the, from, the, from the pieces of equipment you can buy to this one and that one, it's like, gee, if you have a compass and you have a tape recorder or even a digital recorder and a 35-millimeter camera that's a piece of junk that can take one picture or no more, and then you have to advance it and you get yourself some 400 and 800-speed film, you're, you're far well advanced than most people that have equipment and technology, blah, 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 blah. Seriously, I mean it's that easy. Get yourself a K2 meter just for the hell of it and test it out and stuff. But don't spend thousands of dollars for these different devices because somebody's telling you it's worth it and you have a thanks box. I'm not a fan of any of the ghost localization boxes at all. I don't think they need one. I've seen it here in my own home with a tape recorder and a video camera and we record straight through and we replay the EVPs as we record them and from what I've captured ain't no thanks box that's making a Spanish making a statement saying let it go mija yeah. <laughs> like we had recorded on three different you know digital recorders and on the gastron camera and now I've got installed throughout the house video cameras with all high def uh, three megapixel with um, microphones that even the microphones pick up the EVPs. And I've got an example of an EVP where we have it on the microphone, mm -hmm. uh, 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 was it a recorder on the two different cameras in two different rooms where you can barely hear it, but you can hear it, the same EVP. And it's not one of the three of us. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's the kind of stuff that I like. I don't need a thanks box to sing, Charlie. Oh, yeah. really? Did you hear that? It's said, Charlie, shh, 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 I think maybe he says, take me into the light. Well, I heard this. That, to me, is not a very, very qualified EVP. 
you want to do an EVP, you take the EVP there, you have the video camera there, you, you ask your question, you, you do it like that live, you then video, you know, you play it back right in front of the camera with a digital, so you have the timeline, so it's shown right in front there that you're shooting this as you're doing this. So nobody can say you took it back and you then processed, I love this, we took this back to the lab and we had to process this and we dropped this and it's like, yes, and that's not much of an EVP to me. Yeah. I've had EVPs done right here in my house with Chris Fleming started doing it and we were recording him and he said, let's hear what we just recorded. And he plays him right back there and you listen to somebody saying some response to his comment and you go, okay, I heard it myself right here. I heard it myself right now. And we're recording this and you can see that I'm responding to what I'm saying because we're doing it right here, right now. And it's not like... You know, we took this back to the lab. We did this modulation. It's like, okay, how many more times can you say I don't believe it? Because if I'm a skeptic, I'm going to question every single process of what you've done with the, that piece of evidence. And I'd rather have it done the way I do it because then a skeptic could be damned. I said, how can you prove to me that we just recorded what we did? You saw us videotape it. We recorded this voice, and we did it right in front of the tape, and we didn't change anything. We didn't take the tape recording back to reanalyze it. We just played it for you right there in front of you as we recorded it. And there's very little doubt and dispute that can be laid out there about what you've done because your methodology is almost semi-scientific by the fact that you're taking out any you know, any kind of question of, you know, well, we went back and we adjusted. It's like, no. We did it right there and right then. There was nothing, there's no question of what was happening, where it was happening, how it was happening. Our veracity is impeccable right here, right now. Yeah. And that's, so that way it's done in a manner that they go, holy wow. It's like, yeah, I want to wow them so they understand that what we're talking about is 100% no holes barred, real. Yeah. So are you taking tours at the house? Uh, like what goes on there now? Do you run tours or mm -hmm. let people come? I did. I was doing tours and paranormal investigation tours here for for the past year and a half up until about, uh, God, two months ago now. Um, uh -huh. I stopped. I, basically, I just discontinued them on the anniversary of the murders. Mm -hmm. um, they were going for seven hours. So they would go from eight in the evening to, <clears throat> it was a Friday and Saturday night. They'd go from eight in the evening to three in the morning. And we would include the, the three different packages. One included the baseball cap and hat and T-shirt that I survived the Omen House. Then there was the um, the one that was just the baseball cap, no, the T-shirt. And then the other one was just the package just to come in to go on the tour, which, of course, was all included, such as when you came in the house, we weren't nickel and diming you to say, hey, you want some soda? Here, go to our little... A little cookie stand here. That's right. We'll sell you soda for five bucks. Oh, you want some pot, some popcorn? Here's some bag of popcorn for five bucks. And oh, you want some cookies? Here's a little bag of cookies. I didn't feel like doing that. I said, look, if you're coming into my house, I said you're guests. So I put out a full-on like kitchen mat spread of hors d'oeuvres, which included we had the turkey, we had turkey meatballs. We had regular meatballs, we had guacamole, we had chips, we had three different types of salsa. We had hummus, we had pita, we had a vegetable platter, we had a cheese platter. We had sodas and soft drinks and um, orange juice and different juices. So it was like, you know, so if you're hungry, come upstairs and just head up to, head up to the gosh darn, you know, the, uh, 
the buffet. I basically had a whole thing out there, a smorgasbord of food people could just sit there and eat. Oh, and of course, chocolate chip cookies and oatmeal cookies and the, the raisins. What else did we have? And the macadamia nut uh, white chocolate cookies. Because I said, look, when you're investigating, you're here at somebody's house for seven hours, it would be foolish for me to say, all right, here's our little crafts van. I said, first of all, look cheap. I second of all, I said, I don't want to sit there and have to have you guys feel like you have to bring your wallets out. I said, you got your ticket. I said, you paid your 100 bucks. I said, that's it. I said, you're done. I said, you don't have to do nothing. Take as much video as you want. Just promise to share it with me. Any of the photographs that you capture, if you get anything, just share it with me. You know, that's the type of thing. And it was limited to like 20 people per investigation tops. And everybody had a great time with it. I just got tired of doing it because of the wear and tear on the house. Yeah. It was it was just a lot of, you know, hassling. I didn't I said if somebody wants to come here and say, Look, we want to rent the house up and set it up, we'll get you know, we want the tech we want the investigator, you know, if they want to pay out and go get Chris Fleming to come out from Chicago and he'll lead an investigation and seance. Because we would also do the seance as part of it. As far as the tour, we'd take them for the tour of the house. The house had the 16 HD cameras, which were broadcast upstairs in the garage, so you could go watch upstairs in the control room on the big screen projector that we had up there. So you could see what was going on in different parts of the house, and sometimes it was a better place to stay than going downstairs in the thick of it, because you could actually watch stuff that was going on in the darkness down in the house, and you know, you get to watch this guy. In one case, one of the kids that was on the tours, his shirt lifts up in the back. And he comes rushing upstairs. He goes, something scratched, he goes, something scratched me. So we watched the video. And sure enough, we watched the back of his shirt right behind the right below the collar lift up. And then, some, then the next thing you see is his hidden trying to scratch his uh, back. And where the scratches are? Well, the scratches are in a place in between his shoulder blades above above where he could scratch and below where his neck is, so he couldn't reach it. So that's what we saw. Mm. And it was funny as hell, because you could see it on the big screen, on the big, was it 110-inch projector there. I was like, what the hell? Oh, my God. Do you see that? It's like, yeah, I see it. <laughs> so, yeah, stuff like that. I was going to say, a lot of the footage we actually have is on YouTube. If you go to the YouTube channel... You can actually see some of the crazy stuff, including the butcher blocks, you know, spinning off the television set in what was then the earthen wall room, which is now I finally built it into a kitchenette because <laughs> my father and I were discussing that but when I was moving in, but it was like something I finally did my own self. So yeah. So um, so now that you're um, not doing the tours, where do, where do you see yourself going with the house now? Um, well, hopefully the rest of my life, spend the rest of my life here. But um, honestly, what I see, seem to be doing is, is we just had um, uh, the Poltergeist DVD Blu-ray release party here, which was great. We actually did a full-on investigation here um, for about 35 bloggers that came to the house, and um, we brought them in, and we did a whole series of... Um, not like I did this, it was different. We actually brought this up and they had this set up into four or five stations. 
So it was a rotating station thing where you'd have seven or eight people in a group, and that group would then rotate to the next station, which was basically their way of doing it. Um, didn't exactly provide us with as much paranormal activity as I would have liked. Um, we did have a lot of activity because they dressed up the the guest bedroom into a um, into this little girls type room, you know, similar to what was in the movie. And let's just say that the resident little girl Gwendolyn, who's here, um, appeared, and she's a little girl that we think died in the late 30s, early 40s. And when she came, you know, when we felt the energy in the house after they dressed up the, um, the bedroom, I walked in there and said, oh, my God, this isn't my house. This is not my room. I don't know whose room this is, but it's not mine. I just felt this, like, overwhelming sense of happiness and joy, like, little girl going, oh, I love it, I love it, I love it. And we recorded her voice singing in that room, as a matter of fact. So it's quite a bizarre sensation to be in there, to say the least. Um, and it's strange. It's just strange. And see, there was a keyboard they had there, and the keyboard would, on its own, hit a single note while they were down there. <clears throat> Some people reported. So that'll give you an idea of what type of craziness we were having here. Yeah. <laughs> well. But I mean, I'm, I'd like to do that. I'd like to do private events. Yeah. Where somebody comes in, I don't want to sit there to the public and start doing all that. If somebody wants to come in and say, look, I want to rent the house out, I want you to get us the paranormal investigative team like you've had before, that you're comfortable with, that works here well, you're psychic, you know, I would like to do that for, for an event, for a party. I'd be more than happy to do something like that. It might not be a party, but it might be some type of an event where they want to do something on those lines for a small group of people. I'd be happy to be, you know, discussing that with them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. And so, where do you? So, you just see yourself doing that now for for, the, for quite a while. Well, right now, as well as I'm trying to get the film House at the End of the Drive out, I'd like to see that get to theaters. We just actually finished it a couple of weeks ago. We added the first minute intro to the film, which I always pleaded with my executive producer that I felt we needed, which was an introduction from the real life scenario to the movie. And it really, really makes a difference because it introduces the whole entire story in a one-minute piece, and it's terrific. And that actually was basically a one-minute bit, bit of newsreel footage of the um, Sharon Tate murders, the discovery thereof, and it's perfect. It just, it just explains it. So when you watch that, you understand the beginning where it says this: the movie has been based, was inspired by the true events that shocked the world. The names have been changed to protect the dead. And then it goes dot, 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 who are still not at rest. Mm. And that's perfect because now people understand because of uh, the movie, the TV series Aquarius, people are very much more familiar with the Manton story on the Chantay murders. Yeah. yeah. So it's really timely. I just need to find myself somebody out there that, uh, I guess, a distributor that says, you know, saying we'll take this out for a limited theatrical release. And, We'll put some money from behind it with you as the uh, point man on the marketing, and your house will be a marketing place that will be utilized to the fullest extent, and we'll do it. That's what I'm looking for. That's honestly what I'd like to do, so I can see this this film of mine, you know, hit the uh, the public. Yeah. Can people see it now or find it anywhere? No, it's not. It's it has not been released in any way, shape, or form. I still hold all the rights, and it's still here. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I'd be excited. Down the street from down the street from the house at the end of the drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd be exciting. It'd be exciting to get it out. I think. Well, as a matter of fact, there is a place. I will tell you this: as a matter of fact, there is a place that you can come and see it once and only once. It's actually going to be playing at Stan Lee's Kamikaze at the L.A. Convention Center. And of all the nights, get this: it's going to be playing on Halloween, October thirty-first, at 5.30 p.m. in a real live theater screening room it'll be playing out there. And I will be there in person at Stanley's Kamikaze for Friday and Saturday. We have a corner booth. You can look it up under House at the End of the Drive or Allure Entertainment 1, or it might be under the Omen House. But you can find us there, and we will be there. I'll have, a few, I'll have some T-shirts, some hats, like I said, talking some, showing some video of the of the uh, activity here at the house, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, and, and so when, when do you? Uh, oh, That'll okay. be October thirtieth and October thirty first. Okay. That's Friday and Saturday night. Friday and Saturday days at at, at the L.A. Convention Center. Wow. This coming up in four weeks. And um, how do people get a hold of you if they want to pass on some information or maybe uh, ask some questions? Uh, I'd have to say sign up to my um, YouTube channel, and that's youtube.com forward slash David Omen. You can always send messages on that. Um, Also, I guess if it's super important, I guess I would say you can send a message through the house at the end of the drive dot com website. You can join. There's there's certainly ways on that website. We also have the omenhouse dot com. That is t h e o m a n dot omenhouse t h e o m a n H-O-U-S-E dot com. And you can go there to theomenhouse.com and you can get yourself some information about my house and some of the ghost tours we used to have. But you can also email us through that as well. Oh. And anybody that's interested in doing any of this paranormal, you know, um, renting the house out for a paranormal investigation type of a thing, please go do that through the house, theomenhouse.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for doing the interview. My pleasure. Absolutely. Look forward to doing some in the future if you have any more time that you want me on. Oh, for sure. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. 
Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.